Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Just live. We believe a life is meant to be lived to its fullest potential. In order to do that, you need to feel at your best, both physically and mentally. We founded this community to share what we found as professional athletes that can help people of all walks of life. So, you can go out and do exactly what you're supposed to do. Just live. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky Podcast. Our guest this week, a ripper surfer and shaper with over 30 years of shaping experience. As a young kid, he was sponsored in competing. Destined to be going to the pro route, I'm assuming. He had no problem getting custom boards, but something sparked his interest about the board building industry. And in ninth grade, he stripped a board of its glass and shaped a board. I don't know. (laughs) Over the next several years, he fine tuned his skills, shaping a lot of boards for himself, his brothers, friends, and eventually started his own label and company at the young age of 22, 23, I heard. He has been mentored by some of the best shapers in the world, including the late Ben Ipa, RIP Ben. Rest in peace. Dennis Jarvis of Spider Surfboards, Bill Cilia of Nirvana Surfboards, and he's also been shaping for TNC for 20 plus years. He has a full service glass shaping factory in Costa Mesa, and he continues to crank out amazing boards under his label, Estrada Surfboards. We welcome Mike Estrats Estrada. Yeah. Yes. Good afternoon, evening, dude. Yeah, I'm stoked to be we're here. We're pumped, dude. I want to. Before we were talking and, and how we were talking about Echo Beach and just the Newport scene, which was the epicenter of surfing trends, fashion, design. I mean, all cameras were, you know, Studio Fifty Four. 
So you grew up in that. And it's pretty cool, you know, you're in the ranks of Quok, Preston Murray, Jeff Parker, Gothard, dude. Those guys were, yeah, all legends. And, of course, we were a little bit younger than those guys. Yeah. But when we'd go down to the beach, they were out there and, you know, the cameras were on the beach. And, you know, a little, little starstruck for sure. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start where you found surfing. How did it all begin? Okay, let's see. Let's start <laughs> in 1966 when wow. I was born. I was actually born in L.A. County, Whittier. My parents uh, lived in La Habra, which is actually right next to Whittier, but it's Orange County. Um, I never knew La Habra was Orange County. Yep. It's border. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, prior to sitting down with you guys, I was kind of looking at the, those just to make sure I got my facts right. You know, because, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyways, and I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, it's not quite, I was going to uh, you know, mention it as the Inland Empire, but I think it's just on the border of the Inland Empire as well. So Orange County. Um, but yeah, so mom, you know, mom and dad lived in La Habra, divorced when my brother and I were young. And so my mom moved down to Costa Mesa when I was about four or five. Lived with, um, my aunt, we actually lived on, you know, where Newport Boulevard and 18th Street is, uh, Rochester and going east is actually, uh, where Grant Boys used to be on the corner yeah, right yeah. there. We lived in a little place right on Rochester and, um, that's basically kind of where we started. And Epic. So, um, at about five? Yeah, yeah, okay. four or five. So then my mom, not too long after that, meets my stepdad, who was a local Newport surfer, him and his brothers. So they were, they were the infamous Elmer brothers, which that's my brother Seth Elmer on, you know, his dad. So, he, no way. Yeah, he raised us. So he's the one who got us in the water. We started wow. going to the beach right off the bat when we were five and he'd get us on boards um you know but we didn't actually pick up surfing till what, what's your stepdad's name joe elmer okay and he had two uh, brothers they, the elmer brothers i i guess they had a pretty gnarly reputation back yeah. in the day you know we'd always go to mexico and stuff and i think they did a little drug running but they yeah. didn't back then right yeah um <laughs> but anyways he's he was responsible for for my brother and I learning how to surf, but we started off on boogie boards. And, yeah. Um, what was the go-to go spot? Fifth, well, 15th Street. My mom and uh, my aunt would go down there and, um, you know, lay out on the beach and, and take us kids down there, our cousins and stuff. And then, then not long after, she met um, Joe Elmer, and then he's the one who got us, pushing us off on boards and stuff. And yeah. Got us surfing. And they were kind of ran things around here? Um, down there? Yeah, you know, bit. it's funny because we went, um, you know, two families, right? Strata family, Elmer family. So when we were down here, we did go by a last name, Elmer. But yeah, I guess um, over the years, people have gone, oh, you know, your, your dad was Joe Elmer or your stepdad or whatever. And yeah, was, I guess they're, you know, pretty nice. Pretty heavy dudes. That stuff. Well, I remember, wow. didn't Seth try to... Do the tour? And oh yeah, stuff? Seth, yeah, Seth like, had probably more surfing accomplished because he was gnarly. I remember. Yeah, like, he was a good surfer. Yeah, and you know I'll talk about that later. But my parents moved from um, Costa Mesa down to Encinitas or Del Mar. So Seth actually, Seth was around seven, so he grew up surfing seaside swamis. Those were his spots. Yeah. And um, now are you guys cousins or no, brother? Half brother. No, same mom, mom different, different dad. dad. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and he's still, he lives in Hawaii right now. He still surfs a lot. He works with Hans Hiedemann. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Like cruising. What so, a trip. so 15th Street, boogie boarding, <laughs> then you're, you start getting pushed into waves like yeah. where Blackies or River Jetties um, or somewhere. 28th Street, yeah. um, Blackies. Yeah. And I'm, I'll never forget the time, one of the first times, you know, he, Joe took us out there. I'll just say my dad yeah. um, had a lot of respect for him. Uh, he, you know, pushing us off. And I remember uh, purling and the board flipping up in the air and coming down like right next to me. I was hitting me in the head and my mom running out. You know, to save me, she was just like, ah. but you know, it's, it, it was fun. Yeah, good stuff. yeah, good stuff. But the guillotine coming yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and uh, so luckily we, it didn't hit you. Yeah, because it could change the yeah, course. Exactly. Yeah, that's why you know when, when you're teaching kids to surf, you got to just teach them slow and let them go. Yeah, it, you know? yeah. Wasn't didn't Gerlach get whacked really hard, <sighs> and then and then he took some time off. I think you're right. Was it gr- I vaguely remember somebody that. right? Yeah, somebody we did, like real early first like yeah. first session, first couple sessions, board like straight into the freaking yeah. head. Yeah. You know, I don't Certain know. It's dangerous. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I'm oh, sure I got, we I all got, have it. Yeah, yeah. I got scars Dude, everywhere, <laughs> all over the legs. Lost my eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this goes on yeah. for sure. So you're you know, Dave is your brother. Yeah, Dave's my full brother. Is he younger or older? Or I'm the oldest. Okay, I just turned fifty-seven. Dave's fifty. Five going to be 56, I believe. Okay. We're about a year and a half apart. And then Seth is about, let's see, I think Seth just turned 50. So I think we're about seven years apart. Yeah. And I have another uh, younger half-brother, Scott, um, that's around the same age as Seth okay. from my dad's side of the family. And they were all, they, you know, we all grew up surfing. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, let's see where we're at. I got ADD, so sometimes I might be a little. Yeah, we're just talking about Grom Hood, yeah. just learning. You know, do you remember type of board you started on? Mm. That's a thing for sure. I remember uh, Jim Turner with like electrical black tape keeping the nose on it about that, you know, about 10, 12 <laughs> inches down. So that thing was one of the first boards that I had. Long board or? No, no, it was a little like single fin swallow tail. It was probably, I'd say that board was probably in the neighborhood of maybe 6'5 or something like that. Is Jim Turner a shaper? Or? Yeah, he was a shaper. Okay. I, I mean, I think he's pretty, you know, well known. And as far as shaping goes, I, I'm not sure where he was shaping, but I, I remember just the name on the board. Yeah. Um, and then not long after that, as we progressed, um, you know, then it was like I think my brother had a, a Rich Harbor seven four diamond tail. My dad made us ride longer boards. Like the short board thing was going on, but you guys know you guys are gonna learn on a little bit longer boards because. He wanted us to develop, you know, whatever style and yeah. and, and um, he wants you to be a little get the more feel, yeah, smooth and yeah, polished. exactly. So that and so I, I kind of and a lot of at the time as we started to pick it up, you know, a lot of the young guys were riding those kind of wide, fat twin fins and stuff. Yeah. But we didn't we didn't actually until we got to a certain point. Then my dad's like, oh yeah, you can ride short. Yeah. Boards, so. Well, that and just paddling like your kids, you know, like just a tough time. Yeah, and catching you guys waves. Are probably you know? so wiry, yeah. right? Like yeah. tiny, skinny, wiry kids. Exactly. But you know, it's interesting. You never, I remember the first wave that I finally, like I was purling and getting pissed and I wanted to quit surfing. At one point I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting the hang of this. I just want to quit, you know? And then like, it seemed like it was like the very next day, the very next morning I went down to the beach and I was out at Blackies and I was, I finally caught a wave, gotten trim and rode it. And I was just like, you know, you're hooked yeah. now. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I figured it out, man. I'm not Isn't it? And... Well, a lot of times you learn in the whitewater and it's very turbulent, you know, yeah, unless, yeah. unless you're going in some really like 
killer little, you know, break that's like slow and cruiser. But like most, you know, I grew up in Huntington and it was always like rough shore break and bumpy and yeah. rough, you know? So yeah. it's that first wave that you actually trim. paddle yourself into yeah. and you're like dropping in sideways, cutting. And, yep. And, and you're, you're like, the white yeah. Yeah, you're not going straight. You're trimming sideways. You're like. trimming sideways. That first wave is so fucking powerful and you'll never forget it well you don't feel the, the bumps you feel the glide and you feel the speed and you feel you yeah. feel like what it's uh, what like what surfing's really about exactly like yeah. you're look you feel like you're looking at yourself too you know while you're you're probably outside looking. of your body looking at yourself going holy shit you're going down the line you're yeah. going side you're Totally. You're surfing. This guy yep. still looks to see if his spray. Do I throw any spray? Do I throw any spray? Uh, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, because it's like I mean, every surfer knows that feeling, you know, like yeah. you're just like, because that it is so hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. but when you're young and you just yeah. you you don't realize you've only done it for like a week, well, right? Mm-hmm. And then you that seventh day, you're just like. Man, I'm gonna give up, and then that next day you're just like, "Oh shit, what 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 just happened?" Yeah, and then you get to that point where you you figure out, "Oh shit, yeah. this is where I stand on my yeah. board," yeah. you know? Oh shit, like if if I put my foot a little bit farther back, I can actually turn it up, you know? Yeah. Like all those weird things that you you're like, you have to just go through it, and right? Like yeah. the, oh yeah, you totally, always talk totally. about like even just sitting on your board. You know, when yeah. you're first starting, yeah. how you like Everything. sit and you fall because mm-hmm. the board squirts out of your, you know, off your butt. And you're just like, what is going on here? That's, and that's one of the first, you know, every once in a while I'll do, you know, surf instruction lessons. And one of the first things I do with the kids is getting get them to feel the balance point yeah. of the board and where yep. you're going to paddle, optimum paddle ability and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. That's just where your chest sits right, yeah. you know, where the... Yeah part of the board where your chest yeah. should sit while you paddle exactly. yeah i mean it's like you said paddling you you need the the board above yeah you know but there's that sweet spot to where you're like it's just above you know from yeah. purling which is really hard to get after what you know yeah, most yeah. of the people you're overcompensating and then you get that like sweet spot and then you're like wow okay i could paddle finally so starting off as we like to talk about you know the first spots you kind of go to and you're like you feel comfortable because I mean Newport was pretty localized, yeah, right? Yeah, Huntington was pretty localized. So, what uh, you started off there? Yeah, so it was, you know, we, our, you know, our parents would take us to Blacks when we first started surfing, and then we were living. Well, we lived all over, all over the place in Costa Mesa, Newport. When I was living with my mom down here, but we would ride our bikes to the beach and stuff, and um, yeah, so it would be. Depending on swell direction, didn't start surfing, you know, fifty fourth until we got in a little bit later yeah. and discovered it and all that. But yeah, we kind of hung down by the kitty, call it the kitty streets. You yeah, know? yeah, which was going off the other day, by the way, right? Yeah, <laughs> was, dude, I mean, that every place has its moment. Yeah, um, yeah, that west swell got in there. It was yeah. yeah, I pulled up, checking it out, and Estrats was taking a shower. And I'm like, Ooh, and he's like, dude, it's the best I've ever seen it. I'm like, really? Wow. I'm like, really? In a lot of years, for sure, yeah. you know, for, because, you know, Catalina kind of blocks us. Yeah. Or at least Newport. Yeah. A lot of times, I mean, I have a Huntington Beach parking pass because I go up and surf. Yeah, AC we see it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. And, and it's like, you know what? 
Yeah, HB. I love HB, man. I got I, during uh, Thanksgiving turkey, turkey. Oh yeah, right in front of the hotels. Me and just a couple other people. Yeah. Secret spot, bro. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, this guy. Off. Yeah, there's so many secret spots around here. Oh my gosh, it's a secret spot. Yeah. Um, so, so Blackies, Jim yeah. Turner board. Yeah, then Bruce Jones. Uh, I, I never forget. It was a, a red deck. Uh, resin tint deck with uh, white bottom and rails, opaque pigment or whatever, and that was a great board. Um, brother had a, a, a. Did Bruce Jones have any shops down south or just Sunset? No, I, I think, think just, just Sunset. sunset. Just yeah. sunset. yeah, he, you know, he just yeah. Just he, was a big name back yeah, then, and yeah. you know, for a long, long yeah. time. But you and know, you Rich kind of Harbor. My brother had a seven four diamond. Nice. Table, and that's what we learned on. So we had these longer boards, and and it's funny because we get a little heckled too because some of our friends that were a little bit better and had shorter boards are like, "What are you riding those things for?" Yeah. It's like, well, you and, know, and you're not riding a Russell, right? No, but I did. That was one of my that. So from that Bruce Jones seven zero, I went to a Timponi shaped six five Russell, and actually uh, that that board was insane. It, it was. <laughs> yellow bottom and rails with a white resin deck it was you know because back then it was yeah. like resin beak yeah. noses right? yeah i actually got a photo of me and my brother at crystal cove on those boards. oh you gotta send that for sure yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, show, I'll show it to you um but yeah so that was a good board and that's right when i kind of figured out that fins played a huge role i was i think i was like 11 or 12 at that point it was like oh man my buddy let me borrow a fin this kid that lived around that block from me and I uh, switched it out, and that board went magic for a while. Then I stuck my old fin back in there. I'm like, something, something about the fin yeah. you know, made it good. But so I had that board, and then from a six five, I went to a, um, a what, I think it was a Wave Tools or something. Yeah, Wave Tools five eight uh, um, twin fin. That was a game changer. Yeah, yeah, those things were insane, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and so for and me, by that point, you're. Turn, yeah, you know, turning and training, yeah, and, yeah. and so, so when you get on that board, yeah. like, so was Joe a good surfer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, said, yeah. he rode for Surfboards Hawaii back in the day. I mean, you know, he, um, but they were involved in a lot of other stuff, so he kind of didn't really go. The I think he was with the, uh, I forget which club it was back in the day, but you know, they used to, we used to go to Mexico when we were kids. I remember crazy nights on the beach and fireworks going off and I was just young you know? yeah but we'd go down there and, and like uh I think he was buddies with Sal Avila from El Ranchito they, they were all family friends so they hang out hung out a little bit yeah yeah so the, the Avila restaurant chain oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. was that guy a surfer too or no Sal's unreal dude Sal actually went to you know, he was on one of my indoor <laughs> trips back in 2001 right after the World Trade Center. He was one of the guys on our trip. You're kidding me. Yeah, he he knows a lot of he knows a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, friend. How funny! Wow. Did you know that? No. Yeah, that's no. that's kind of cool. Yeah, so we I heard they like. I knew yeah. surf, but I didn't know like he was a, like a ripper. Yeah, or he, anything. you like, know, on that trip we surfed Desert Point, and he, I was in my 30s at the time, early 2000s. He was the oldest guy on the trip, and he surfed as long as all. And, and I had guys on that trip, friends that were from Hawaii and different places, anywhere from early 20s up to, you know, I was in my early 30s. He was like 50 at the time, or, or you know, oldest guy on the trip. Stayed out Charging. just as long. Yeah, yeah. He's, and then he's got a place down in San, uh, San Miguel, too, and we'd go and stay at his place down there. Too. Oh, Brad. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, um,. When did you start venturing out to like the other hotspots? 
when you were riding wave tools? Well, got a little persecuted riding wave tools trying to surf other places, but um, like really? Time, oh, San Miguel. Oh, rocks thrown at us. We were kids. You're yeah. kidding? Yeah, me. my dad had. Yeah, my dad had these. Guys that was gnarly back then. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, let's because think about of the, this for a second. The yeah. right color. A lot of people weren't weren't. You know, this was. Um, so late it would have 70s. been the, uh, late or yeah, early eighties, right? Yeah, late seventies, early eighties. Because um, so I was twelve. So that was yeah, like late seventies, early eighties. Um, but yeah, so you know, we would go like El. I when I was a kid, I surfed El Capitan. My dad would take us to different spots and got to. I've only surfed El Cap once, and we got it. Just happened to be on a family camping trip. We got it good. And, wow! And you're talking Santa Barbara El Capitan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. El Cap. Yeah, did I say El Cap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you score? Yeah. And there, there's wow. only... Yeah. That place that's is a, so finicky. I, I'm telling you. I know. That's a thing. So um, it's a great way. But it was I've really good last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's ex exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. It, it doesn't break off. And I've only surfed there twice. Uh, and, you know, there's other swells where you could have gone. But I, yeah, just did two days up there one time. So good. Uh -huh. And you got it good? Yeah. I've only gotten it like shoulder too. high, but it was so good. It's yeah. meaty. It's thick. It's like, it's not, you know, I... Yeah, it's good, yeah. and it's got bigger boulders like on yeah. the on the inside. I broke the. I was kind of bummed because towards the end of the session, I broke the fin out of my twin fins. So yeah, that kind of. Really so you're about to tell us you you're riding for wave, riding wave tools. And yeah, you got so I, I wasn't riding for. Yeah, I got we we got heckled that that was just a trip a random trip down to um, Mexico when we were kids. We were at San Miguel. Because it was the start of the neon phase. Yeah, in in that San. And you were the, the San Diego guys. I'm I'm sure that, you know, those guys, Lance and those guys traveling up and down the coast, maybe pissed off a few people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, Lance surfed the pier a lot. Not a lot of people liked him. He he played dead. Okay, and we're like, you could see, and yeah, yeah it was gnarly. And I was a grom. I mean, I was a little. I I just I was on the sidelines and. I watched some shit go down like quite often. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, and it's funny because uh, you know, I, I basically at, at one point we got in there with the Wave Tools crew. We are the younger guys, but Lance and Richie, you know, Lance is they're awesome. You know, like, yeah, Richie's for sure, a good surfer, and um, sometimes they're misunderstood. But yeah, they're, they're they. Uh, so we were riding, you know, those boards for a little bit, and actually we're on a team. Um, we had used ones, and then my dad one year bought us two boards right off the rack. You know, and back then it was kind of expensive, right? yeah. but he went in and bought them off the rack. And then not long after that, Lance was having a tryout like a, for the kids, you know, local kids down yeah. in Newport to, to get on the team. It's funny because my brother made it and I did and I, I, you know, messed up in my heat or whatever and I didn't actually make the team, but my brother Dave did. So I was, I was, I was having, you. Oh, I was, it was just for a brief time. I, <laughs> but yeah, I was bummed. I was like, Oh man! They don't do that anymore, huh? Run like team events to get on the team. They got to start yeah. again, right? Yeah, I'd be so rad. Huh? Be Just cool. like make it way more prestigious and competitive. And Richie was already ripping. Oh yeah, who were the guys kids? you looked up to? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, around that time, at that, so you know, that was probably one of the first time ever doing a, a contest thing, and, and like Jamie Reedling. Yeah, um, he was a ripper. Robbie Todd. The Giddings brothers um, were at that, but you know, Greg had already been shaping boards for all his Crow and Del Mar buddies, right? And uh, but he, I think Greg was just trying to get in. He wanted to 
you know, learn some stuff from Lance or whatever. I don't know, but, you know, he was already shaping, but they yeah. all came down and tried out all the Corona Denmark guys and stuff. And I want to say, I think we were, we weren't in, were we in high, I don't think we were in high school yet. Junior high? We, yeah, I think it was junior high or maybe the first part of high school. Um, but yeah, so. Because you're like Todd Miller. Yeah, he's Todd, Todd Cordell. Those guys are a little younger than okay. me, so I'm kind of like. Brillo? Like, Brillo's around my age. He might even be a little. What's older. the other dude? Uh, Brian Podger. Yeah. Po well, he was a. He, I think he was a Brooker's guy. But you know, we, we were all. You know, we were all. Todd Hazelton. Hazelton. Wow. Was yeah. Around. Good names. He was. Uh, Keep them coming. He was Pacific Coast Surf and Sport. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. We called it Cactus Surf and Sport. Yeah. The cactus. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so uh, I know I'm going to be going all over the place here. I'm trying to. It's okay. My ADD's kicking. Yeah. Right? No. So, but yeah. So we're trying to. You know, put all those people yeah, in perspective. Yeah, so, so, but yeah, there was a little crew, but you know, you had, you know, you had your River Jetties crew, like you yeah. had, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Steve Kane was surfing river with, um, Bonnet. Remember Todd Bonnet? Todd Bonnet, yeah. yeah. And then he was a river, river guy. And then you had, uh, like, uh, DLC was a River Jetties guy. Yeah. Remember? Or, yeah, DLC. Um, but yeah, you just had little pockets. And then you guys had the Huntington crew, which uh, back then I think it was like, um, you know, Gerlach, uh, uh, Rob, Rob Colby. Rob Colby. Yeah. Well, he's a little younger. Larry Colby. Uh, Larry, Larry Colby. Colby. Yeah. Uh, Him and Gerlach. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like two peas in a pod. They hung out. I remember those guys. Because like going back to that era, the, the, the shapers, like from what I remember, Newport, like the Russell McCoy. Road for, yeah. Yeah. Um, wave tools, uh, those were like all the all the fucking rippers were riding those boards. Yep, exactly. Right? And that's what that's where we were looking up to. And then, so because you were uh, a little younger, right? And that Hot One Hundred. Yeah. So that was that was kind of yeah. And I was I, I was you know I I kind of consider I think I was sort of a late bloomer with the co contests and stuff. Especially these days, the kids are starting young. But um, I didn't you know I mean I didn't really have a, a whole lot of competitive success at first, you know what I mean? When and did I you think, do your first contest outside so, of so, you know, Rick, Wooly, Wool Richard Woolcott kind of encouraged me to, because you know, to, to to get a little bit serious about that, because you know, we were we were into punk rock, so we we were going to the Cuckoo's Nest, and you know, we were hanging out with you in, know, in junior punks. high or high school, it, or? right at the at, last year of junior high, which was eight, going into yeah, to eight, to when nine, music is yeah. just everything. And the Cuckoo's Nest was going so you know we weren't we were kind of <laughs> how'd you get into punk rock uh just some friends down the street you know they were they were all they always had we the best all parties you, you start you start you start you're, you're, a, you're a hippie first right or you're yeah. listening to zeppelin and you're listening to rock and roll or whatever van halen yeah and then all of a sudden you know there, there's this, uh one of our buddies was one of the first punks at the our school up in up in because uh, i would bounce back and forth so steve penna was a guy that was uh He's he's a he's a clothing designer now, but he um, he was like one of the first punks at our school, and we would get together with him, and we would go into L.A. or we go to the Cuckoo's Nest, and we were following T.S.O.L. around, and and uh, so crazy. Yeah, so so I was so you know wasn't super focused on uh, we were surfing for fun, and we were hanging out with this other guy, Darren McCommon, had a red bus, and he'd take us to punk rock gigs in L.A. and stuff because we couldn't drive yet. Yeah, so we had older couple friends that were old enough to drive, you know, and so. That's what we were doing. So, 
Wooly kind of got me like, once I started getting better at surfing, then it was like DK. Um, Clock. Yeah, because we'd always, sur- then we started surfing 54th and 56th, and then DK just put put my brother and myself on the team just because we were always down there and we were surfing all the time. Yeah. yeah. So we got, right when Quicksilver was just turning from the mountain wave to the comp wave, and so Danny, we were, we were, you know, got on the team right, right then, and then yeah, we also were surfing. You're kind of one of the original fucking well, Grom. Danny kind of, you team, know, Danny's right? the mar- marketing Dude. wizard, right? Dude. He had LA, you know, he 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 knew what to do in the networking yeah. part of it. So he knew how to we be. were the, you know, you had your HB guys, then you had your your, uh, you know, San Diego all up and down the coast. Yeah, Danny, Danny was just, you know, had everybody st- strategically placed. Yeah, and so you know, back and then, he was a ripper. Yeah. Any charge of wedge. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's kind of crazy how he became who he is, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. But go, but and, go, yeah, but going back to how you said, you know, there was tryouts for teams and stuff like you know, Quicksilver so cool. would have their like kind of tryout like, you know, yeah. Tuesday workout, Thursday whatever day, yeah. Yeah. but they, you know, they would only have a couple of the best kids in each town. Yeah. You know, so if you're in a town and there's a couple of guys on Quicksilver already, you're probably not going to be on the team, Yeah, you know, unless you really, you know, progress and kind of outperform. Like, they kept it tight, but it was like, that's what drove, like, the brand and and the the community. Yeah, prestige, everything. Those guys were on it. Yeah. And, like, going back to to you getting into punk rock, that the 80s, you know, so much of culture – was so there's so much it was exploding in every di- different yeah, direction because yeah. like e- even newport right like you had you had the dudes that were listening to hip-hop like break dancing and yeah, shit yeah. and then because parker, parker was doing that yeah. uh <laughs> uh what's his name um mark reader mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you had he like rips. parker before you know, maybe a week before that, he was a rockabilly with the plowed yeah, hair. Yeah. You know, and it's just so funny. But, like, the trends that those guys set and the different, the ska, the mod, mm-hmm. all that rockabilly, new wave, like, that was, like, that generation. Yeah. It was a good time for music, too, for sure. Yeah. Good time for everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, did, did you, you got sponsored by Quick, Quicksilver? Yeah, Quicksilver. And then Newport Surf and Sport had a team, you know, and we, we were on that team and we do little tryouts at River Jetties in front of Paul Houston Stamps house. Um, is that where you lived? Right yeah, off I lived uh, right at River Jetties. And so, you know, you had, and you have a few of the HB boys that were like, uh, Eddie Flores and Jimmy Flores were on Newport Servant Sport team. Cause I think they were, they were kind of like Brookhurst guys. I yeah, think, definitely. Maybe, right. They yeah. weren't full. I mean, they, they, they were Huntington guys too, but you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? They were yeah. more like, um, Tom McElroy and yeah, McElroy was yeah, definitely. Um, but so we were like the yeah, so we had a little team there, and, we, and Newport Service Sport was cool because we'd go on we'd go on team trips and stuff. Yeah. We went out to Toto Santos Island a few times and stuff. And he's kind of like the first every like he's supposedly the first surf and sport guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Newport Surf. Yeah, and that's sport. where my parents used to buy. You know, we got our OP shorts. Or, Let's go to Surf and Sport, <laughs> and they'd give you a backpack too. You know, the Surf and Sport backpack. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. So uh, about that time, you know, you had different shapers starting to come. Like Jack Sykes, for instance, broke Line away up. from Wave Tools. I was one of his first team riders. I used to go to his house in Huntington, his garage, and order 
boards from him. You know? Wow. So, yeah, so I think I went from wave, you know, wave tools to lineup, and then from lineup, I, I did a little stint with McCoy and Newport Surf Company. Yeah, Greg Pouch. Um, yeah, Greg Pouch. And um, and then uh, who else was I getting, getting boards from? Um, oh, got a few from Tim Pony that were really good. And Tim Pony's still the man. Yeah. yeah. I have so yeah. much respect. That guy makes beautiful surfboards. Yeah. But uh, he made me a couple of really good double wing, I used to ride double wing squash tails. Yeah. I, got, anyway, I had a couple. So, or at, I, I, we interviewed... Uh, Dylan Sloan rides them. Yeah. The little kid, the little, he's, yeah. he came from Maui, I think. Or, or yep, I, yep. He's over here riding for you guys now. Yeah. The kid rips. He does rip. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the big Timponis were futuristic like yeah. at the time, you know? Like way ahead of his Well, him time. and Stussy used to shape for Russell, so yeah. you look at the similarities in their beak noses and everything. Yeah. The beak noses and like the boxy... Double wing, yeah, squashes yeah. or swallows, yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice hip, nice like the outlines were, you know, a little bit more modern. Yeah. The bottom contours, yeah, yeah, it was cool. So were you starting to do all the like, yeah, contests? So, yeah, like, so going back, so you know, Willie, I think the first, so Brad Gerlach had this contest called Let's Go to Brazil. It was like a like a function for him to get enough money to go to Brazil. That was one of my first contests on the south side. And I can't, I think I, I, I think I made the final of that one, but I remember my first NSSA final was an explorer at Taco Bell Reef. And I made the final of that. And I think Chris Burke was in the final and some other guy, you know, Big B. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and that's the one, and I think Wooly, yeah, that's kind of right when Wooly was really kind of encouraging me to try and to kind of focus on yeah. competition. So then I, um, after that, I was like stuck because, you know, uh, oh man, um, yeah, I can, I, I want to surf the NSSA. Yeah. But then you start surfing contests, you're like, oh, for a while, you're two, uh, second round clown or whatever, yeah. first round clown. I remember one uh, uh, Salt Creek explorer, Ron Quigley, I think he won it. But I think he was might have been a couple years uh, older than me. But when I saw him surfing out there, Creek was like pumping, and I was like, "Wow, he was ripping!" But you know, just that's what I liked about the NSSAs. You went up, you know, it was one, all over one different thing, ages. All, yeah, yeah, you went up, up and down the. Yeah, because back C then you went CCSA from, and and WSA were all local beaches, and then you know if you did the Explorer Open or whatever, yeah, you're surfing. Did you, you know, do the WSAs too? Um, you know what? I think I might have did some WSAs when I was younger, but NSSA was kind of the one because PT and Ian were doing it. Yeah, that's the one. Like that was the prestigious uh, association yeah. to be yeah. in Grom. And I was never on the national team or anything. I was yeah, sure. Yeah, the WSAs were 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 great because it was mostly our local lineup, mm -hmm. and they had killer gift bags, you know, and stuff. And then NSSA. There wasn't really gift bags. It was just a trophy and the competitive and the, yeah. the accolade. It was like more the legit, yeah. prestigious. Yeah. So you do the like CCSAs, CBAs, or whatever, the WSAs, and, you, and they'd always have like fun, kick-ass like yeah. events with killer prizes. And the NSSA was strictly like, you're surfing against the best up, kids up and down the coast. Yeah. Speaking of a CSA, Boothie used to judge those. And, and I, I, I think I surfed a couple of those at, Booth would call it the Cambodian Surfing Association. <laughs> you know, because of the acronym, he's like, yeah, it was pretty classic. Um, it, it, it's uh, kind of cool that you're, you know, riding for Quicksilver, riding for Lineup, and, you know, we'll, 
was it Wooly that was yeah. and, and Quack that was pushing in the surf contest? Yeah, well, Quack, you know, Quack was just stoked to, to have us down at 54th Street ripping or just surfing wherever because we were starting to progress and our surfing was getting better. Um, but yeah, Wooly was more like, because um, Wooly, I think, was already on the national team at the yeah. time or he was maybe right there. Um, but he was, he was kind of like, because he'd surf 54th Street all the time and he was competitive machine yeah yeah i mean outside of ripping they want cool kids that are waving the flag and yeah. psyching and being a good ambassador of the yeah. brand you know exactly. so obviously you guys rip but you're you know good kids hanging out and throwing out good vibes i would assume you know because yeah. that's a big factor well you, you can rip but you if also you're a kid, made a, you know made a final which totally validates what they were saying yeah. you know so that's working out yeah. did that fire you up and you just started going doing all the events yeah so you know, between, so I was doing the NSSA and I, you know, the, the open season, like I said, I, I feel like I, I, you know, I feel like my surfing has progressed through my life. And I, I don't think, you know, with all the experience I have now, and I feel like I'm, you know, still progressing to a point, but I don't feel like I, 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 I was definitely not peaking. Like, you know, you had your Archies or your Silvas or stuff like that. So I would do the NSSA open season and I'd do the Explorer. One year in the Explorer, I won the whole season Damn. and um, got on the back of the t-shirt. Wow, Damn. that's cool. Um, but yeah, that, that was probably one of my better years. Then I went to the U.S. That was, I think, the first time I went to the U.S. Um, Nationals? Na the, yeah, the NSSA Nationals. Um, and that was at Southside. And I made. The, I was a finalist there. I didn't win it. But um, yeah, so I was enjoying competing. And then... Like you say, the other the other things like Quicksilver would run a, a little, um, you know, circuit or whatever, um, inner club contest or just have all the guys competing against each other. And so you get prizes and stuff in yeah. those. And so that's even more like, you know, rewarding because you're beating the dudes on your team that are sometimes better than you. But yeah. You got the best of them that day. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and if you're a contest, are, right? yeah. I, I remember the quick start workouts, and it was kind of an it's an open division. So yeah. sometimes you're mm -hmm. going against like the whoever hot pros in town or the guys a few years older than you, which is a game changer. And you just want to like, man, if I could just beat that guy or yeah. you know that so and so that's yeah. you know kind of at the top of the totem pole. Yeah. So and you you were in the heart of Studio Fifty Four. Did did you? pursue like photos with Moyer and Flame and well you know you just show up and they were down there I never really I didn't um only a couple times where it was I actually like scheduled for a photo shoot you know what I mean like Steve Sakamoto for instance uh Newport Servant Sport set up for you know me and, and a couple of the writers to be down there and Steve came down to River Jetties and got some photos of us yeah but you know you show up at 54th on a sunny day and there's South Swell you know, photographers yeah. walk up on the beach, and back then, you know, it was Moyer, Brule, um, a couple other guys. Yeah, but it's funny. There's so many photographers that I'm learning about now that were pretty like busy back then, oh, like that sure. Stan Seavers guy, right? Oh and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Tom Kozad. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's cool. Like we got to get those guys on and talk about you know. Yeah. Their perspective of, of, of like what they witnessed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for sure. Like Moyer, shit. And like, I've asked him, you know, a couple times. He's yeah. like, okay, yeah, you know, we'll get him on someday. But Dude, I yeah. have a whole, you know, back then, and it was slide film, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. digital. So I got piles of 
slides outtakes basically but you know back then those guys would shoot photos and then they'd submit them to the mags and stuff and yeah you know sometimes you got a mag shot or whatever i had a couple of mag shots over the years but yeah i got all these outtakes you know just a box full of kodachrome i guess you yeah. Call it. yeah yeah um but it was different the, the back cool, then it's now a, it was so instant. cool to see that you know, get the magnifying oh, glass yeah. and be like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the light board, yeah, the light yeah. box. Yeah, I got all those little things because you know, every once in a while, I'll have a cocktail at night and you know, reminisce, nostalgia. Yeah, you know, yeah. just to go back and look at it. The older we get, the better we were. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're surfing, you're, you're competing. What was your like first job at 16, usually 15, 16? So yeah, I wanted to get a, you know, I drove, I wanted to get a car. So you get your driver's back then, you got your driver's license at 16. There's school. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, yeah, so I think I, but I wanted to, you know, I bust, I think I, I think, was it Bussing Tables was my first job, you what, know, what in a restaurant? Well, that one was at this place called Ichabod's in, it was up in, in Inland, in La Habra. Kind of famous, right? Uh, I don't know. It's, it, or no, maybe it was called Ichabod Crane. It was a, it was a, it was like a restaurant up hmm. there. And I was at the time I was living up there, but I, I would, you know, again, I was bouncing back and forth, but that, yeah. I think that was my first job. And then my, you know, my mom told me, you know, if you, you can hold down a job, then I'll co-sign for you on a car. So then nice. I got it, you know, so I had a used car first and then, then I got, she co-signed for me a little while later. And I think my first, I had a white Honda Civic SI, those little hatchbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I ended up selling that to Taylor. You remember Taylor Wisenant? Yeah. Yeah. He bought. I remember him driving. Yeah. That was my. That was my car. I sold it to Taylor. Yeah. Black rims. Yeah. You got to have the hatchback so you can fit the boards. Exactly. You didn't want to put boards on the on the roof. Yeah. You know, that's why trucks were popular, obviously, or vans, but like not very economical. You know, like the sedans. Sick. So hatchback. It's kind of interesting, though. You know, growing up having dad up inland mom down at the beach just going back and forth but uh it's interesting i think i went to almost every elementary school we were like gypsies my parent my mom and dad would move around and i think i went to almost every elementary school in the newport uh, mesa school district oh, funny wow i started at whittier elementary and then i went i did a i did a stint down on the beach at newport elementary in uh, second grade and then i was at newport heights and then i went to um Sonora, you know, over by the fairgrounds, you know, where the Wolfram yep. Skate Park is. There's a little neighborhood. That's where my parents last lived before they moved to San Diego. And my, I went to Davis Middle School when, you know, it was right next to Costa Mesa. So we moved around quite a bit. And you went to school in La Habra too? I went, yeah, I did. I did a part of seventh grade because, you know, back then it's like, oh, you know, you weren't getting along with mom. I'm going to go live with dad. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you guys it, know what that's like. I do. I know yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. So it's like divorce. I'd be like, I'm bouncing. I'm going to mom's house. Yeah, I'm going to dad's yeah. house. You're being so mean. I'm out of here. <laughs> we did that. And so that's about, so the first time I was actually, so I spent most of the time at mom's house because down by close the beach, to the beach yeah and we had you know we were always going to the beach then we started hitting bumps in the road with mom so then we would go up to dad's and that's kind of when i started meeting some of the um guys up there that surfed you know like uh, i think john hume was uh, one of the guys that was surfing he was from that area um then bobby and paul gomez got to be pretty pretty tight with those guys still 
tight with I see Bobby more than I see Paul, but I you know I still know those guys. But yeah, that's how right. I met met those guys, and then Paul we and then those guys drive us to the beach, and we'd be surfing fifty fourth. So we, that's how we, we yeah. made that connection with with those guys. Yeah. So, so when did you you know get into like the board building site? Because you got all these shapers, you're you're probably visiting like their shaping bays and their rooms, ordering customs because that's yeah. kind yeah. of the vibe back then. So so I have a, a cousin that used to hang out with us as well, his name's Sean Major, and he had his own label, Han Surfboards, but he was, he was he was an airbrusher, but Han and I were always kind of fascinated with the, he started shaping even before I did, but um, um, I was riding lineup surfboards at the time, and Jack let us um, take a surfboard blank, and we both shaped, Together. shaped half of it. He shaped one side, I shaped one side. I did it for my youngest brother. <laughs> And then Jack glassed it for us, and we gave it to my youngest brother, Scott. So that was my first, I think that was the first encounter. Then when I was in ninth grade, Costa Mesa, plastics class, I was writing a, a, a board that I got from Craig Dahl, CRD. I don't know if you know Craig Dahl. Anyways, he used to surf 54th Street, and he knew, knew the, all those guys. He went to Newport Harbor, and he traded me. I, he traded me. I wanted a shorter board, so I traded a... Five eight wave tools for this hand shaped board. I think Dennis or Bob Langdale made it, and it was for Kerry Kalina. And Kerry Kalina's initials were KKK, so it had KKK on it. And like my mom's like, what, "What's that?" And I go, "Oh no, that's just somebody's initials." But I, that was a. I went from a five eight to a five five, and then I decided I was going to peel the glass off of that. And me and another guy that was, I was going to school in plastics and we're like, yeah, that was our project. So peeled off the glass, shaped it down to a five, 411 or 5.0 single fan. <laughs> and we made, we did the whole thing and, and that was that was the next time that we kind of messed around with, with uh, fiberglass and all that. And then Han started shaping. So, you know, he's airbrushing for McCoy and he's, he's a great airbrusher. And, uh, He's like, Mike, he's 70 boards in, and, and we're always saying, oh, yeah, I want to start shaping, I want to start shaping. I was riding for Wave Tools at the time, and I broke all my boards. Uh, Richie was on tour because he used to shape boards for me, and Lance was in Hawaii or something, and I was surfing Brookhurst. <sighs> Place destroys boards, right? Yeah. And it's punchy. And I broke my boards, and then I think I had Mark Sweeney shape me one. Mark Sweeney? Met Sweeney Yeah. Because he was working out of Wave Tools, and then... He shaped me a board, and I think I broke that one too. That was a good board. And then I called Han, and, I, and he was shaping up at Gary Edgar's place at Clearwater, mm. which Gary owned Clearwater before you know Ray. You know where Clearwater yep. is? Yeah. yeah, it's over in Westminster, but it used to be at the end of our street, in uh, 18th Street. So Han's over there shaping with Blake Case and some other guys. And Blake and I, Case, I, yeah, he was and he was a great surfboard shaper too. So. Um, I told Han, I go, okay, dude, I'm ready. I broke my boards. Um, let me borrow your planer. Let's go in the shaping room. So Han actually helped me shape my first board. And um, From scratch? Yeah, we took a blank, and he was showing me how to use the planer and stuff. And so, you know, that first board worked good. You know, I wrote it. What did you it, shape? It was great. I just shaped. At the time, I think I was just writing standard trifin squash tail. Yeah. Probably was a, it was, it was before, it was 80, that was around 89 maybe. 88 or 89 so we Slater hadn't come on the scene and uh, scene and made it elf shoot out yeah and there, so we were still riding kind of flat um a little bit boxy yeah boxy 
tri-fin squash tails pretty much because from the twin fin we went to tri-fins um isn't that crazy so, you just mentioned like like slater changed what boards yeah. went to like in a pretty short period of time like yeah yeah and and it forced the blank companies we were all carving blanks out of yeah. a series blue blanks. blue green black yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. all the different like super weights green, super, super blue. Green. <laughs> and then they started introducing you know uh, that was the early 90s when uh, uh clark foam started introducing the low tolerance domed out blanks it made shaping easier you know? yeah you didn't yeah have to carve it all out but um so uh where was i going with this your first board yeah you, yeah so i made that first board with han and then i'm like okay i I dig this. I want to start doing this. So, um, my first couple boards, I made them out of, you know, Gary Edgar's place at the end of 18th street. And, um, so I got all my stuff and dude, it was like the first board. I was like, Oh, this is great. I love it. But you know, Sean wasn't around to help me with the second, third, fourth board. So I went from shaping a board with Han, you know, in less than two hours to, shaping a board on my own four or five hours just burning it with the planer and trying to fix all my mistakes and yeah. stuff so all of a sudden i was like well this is a lot of work you know so i basically got through that period and then um i had a friend that was living in japan and he's like hey you know mike you're, you've been making boards i'm gonna get some board for me is there any way you can get boards with wave tools for us over here in Japan because I guess it was hot in Japan and I go you know what I don't know let me go talk to Lance so I went over to Lance and I said hey Lance can I shape I have some buddies that want surfboards with your low with wave tools logos on will you let me shape out of here and I I can't remember how many boards I'd done at the time but Lance was all sure you can shape boards out of here you know we'll glass them and you know you can put your little shaper logo on it or whatever yeah so that's so then I went from there to shaping out of Lance's place briefly and it was that was easy 89 yeah because i you know i grew up lance used to take us surfing dude i mean i got i got i got a, I got a good lance sort of story for you uh, uh, two real quick so okay this one okay so richie makes the final at oceanside pier and i can't remember if it was a wsa if it was it was in summer it was late summer and it might have been like the championships or whatever and richie makes the final and you know back then richie's a little, little younger than me and he was writing like little you know little I think that might have been a twin yeah because it was before i started shaping. anyways lance richie makes a final doesn't win lance leaves him he's pissed like he didn't win it so lance <laughs> bails and so we have to take richie home you know we we're down there serving motion i said yeah so he takes so we Tough love over there yeah and that was funny when it, we'd stay over it, you know when we were riding for wave tools we'd stay over at uh lance's and richie's and duran's place you know we'd we were all out in the jacuzzi having fun. And then in the morning, Lance would get up to get us to go surfing. He's like, get up. He'd come in buck naked. Get up, you guys. We're going surfing. Like, first thing in the morning, just like waking us up at like 5.30, you know. He was crazy. Man. He was a full surf dog. Oh, definitely. Was, yeah. Dude, he was, he was so gnarly. Even I can remember, you know, he would surf 18th Street all the way up, on, you know, on longer boards, all the way up into the, I forget when he moved to Tennessee, but. Yeah, he, he was always, you know, Big out at the pier. Yeah, yeah. Lance was, you know, he charged it. And then he was going to Kauai and all that stuff, too. Yeah. So. He was a good server. He ripped. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so, so when you're out shaping at his, were you putting the Wave Tool logos on? Yeah. And then your label, like yeah, a little, like... Yeah, I had a like, little Estrats label, you know. It's a, it's funny. I just had somebody recently um, bring me a... They called me up out of the blue. and like, hey, we got one of these old wave tools with your logo on it and, I'm, and they wanted me to buy it and I'm like oh shoot me some pictures and I'm like 
yeah, well, I don't want, I'm not going to pay you what you want for it because I don't really think it's worth anything, but I'll, I'll, if you want to bring it down here, I'll, you know, trade you a board for it. So this guy and his son come down and, and so I trade him a board for this board I shaped. I have the date on it. It's one of my personal boards, yeah. a six, six step up. Wave Tools logo, Strats logo. Wow, epic. Um, but it's cool to see that stuff starts coming around, you know. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of customers that have been buying boards off me for a long time, and they'll go, hey, i got this board just sitting here, you know. So, so, like, so do yeah. those boards you shape for Japan go to Japan and make some money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. And, and then I figured, you know, I've always figured if you associate yourself with a, a established label, that gives you a little bit more credibility. So that's yeah. kind of how I did it. So I went from... Yes, from Edgar's doing my own, you know, Strata board. I don't even know if I had a label at the time, but then I started doing the wave tools, and I was there for a short period, and then, and then. What I, was the second story? The first story was Lance, oh, Lance, just, just, just no, you just Lance, get, you know, staying at, at Lance's house, and he'd come in buck naked, yeah, okay. get us up to go surfing <laughs> and stuff. And, I thought that coincided with him living on the beach. No, 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 no. That that was yeah, that that one that That's ocean so side story was classic. Yeah. So what, um, it's kind of fortunate that he was that cool, because you guys are good friends, to bring you under his label. Yeah. Like, it was that easy. Hey, yeah. I got somebody who wants to buy Wave Tools. I'll shape them, but let's let's slap Wave Tools logos on them. You know, and I figured, I, I've always felt like, you know, there's always something to learn, and I learn from, obviously, you're going to learn from people that are more experienced than you, right? So... And Lance, there's nobody, I don't know anybody that can shape a board faster than Lance. I mean, back then, yeah, flat decks. It was, you know, you look at the boards, they're, they're, you know, flat bottoms, a little bit of V. Yeah. Lance could gun them out so fast. Yeah. Was, I so, mean, he's working with, you know, tools and he's a big dude. Like, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he muscle up through it. But he also had a system, you know. Yeah. That's one thing. You know, over the years, I've seen a lot of people start shaping and then people leave it. And, you know, there's a lot of people shaping today. Most people are using the, the, the machine, which is good. The machine has a place and, you know, dials the boards in. But um, And there's a lot of kids, young kids, that are picking up planers. And I think I get bored shaping computer blanks. I mean, obviously, when you're busy, you get more stuff done doing yeah. that. And they're, you know, they come out beautiful and stuff. But I still love hand shaping boards. And it's... You know, you don't get bored. You know? Yeah, yeah. You well, it's bored. art. It's art for sure. Way. And you're really so the kids these days that pick up the planers, and I know there's a few out there that do that, and I know there's other guys that just get on the computer and just yeah, it's got a balance. You know, it's like yeah. you can't, you got to do both. Yeah, you know. But so, how long did you shape under? Lance? I, was, I was at Lance's for so it wasn't super long. Maybe I want to say well, it's around eighty nine. So. Yeah, I want to say it was probably about a year because um, I had a guy that was buying boards off me that liked to paint boards, and he he made a pro. He's like, "Hey, you know, I got a setup in my garage." It's funny because I go from being in a factory to going into a garage and then starting my circle factory. Yeah. But I'm like, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I you could shape them, I could airbrush them," and I'm like, oh, "That sounds like a good idea." You know, let's try it. You know, and then so I I left. At, you know, after being at Wave Tools for a short period of time, I I uh, just started doing stuff out of my friend's garage. His name was Sean, and um, so he would airbrush him. So we did a few there, and then I'm like, you know what? I, I, I'm like, we should just start a factory. I go, I know if I start a factory and we build shaping rooms, 
you know, my cousin, Sean, you know, Sean Hahn was doing all the surfside boards and stuff. So he had accounts. He float. He was actually the one that was keeping our factory afloat at first, you know, because he, he had enough business. Doing, and yeah, yeah. And so, so I, I what I did, I said, look, let's tr let's just um, do some homework and see if we can make it work. So I talked to Sean. I go, he was up at Edgar's. I go, hey, if I start my own place, would you, you know, come in? I'm going to do like four shaping rooms and, uh, um, you know, you could have a shaping room and just give us the glass work. You got the Surfside account. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So so then basically, you know, I borrowed $5,000 from my grandfather and he borrowed money and we basically started the factory. And um, what'd you call it? It was called E Laminators. And they used to call us D Laminators. <laughs> you, know, you know how everybody, yeah. they, they want to, they uh, you know, Talk shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, so we had that, you know, when you first start up, everybody's looking at you like, well, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. But we outlived the name. But yeah, so it was E-Laminators. And we did that for a run and had some, you know, Sino. Is that your JC. first? Your first business venture? Yeah. 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 Now, now, and prior to that, so when I wasn't, before I was full-time shaping, like, I, so I worked with, I worked at Quicksilver for a little bit, going back to jobs. Like, I yeah. was, went from, you know, bussing tables and, and washing dishes because I wanted to surf during the day and work at night. So I, I worked at Magnolia's Peach. I worked at Dove Street over, like, I was all over the place, right? So I, I did the restaurant thing for a little while, and then I started cleaning swimming pools for uh, a friend's company. So I was, I was cleaning pools and surfing and then, um, and I worked at my ex-wife's grandfather's company for a little while. So just doing this and that. And then, um, then start like, I was cleaning pools at the time, part-time and then I was trying to do the surfboard thing. And so then I'm like, let's do this. Let's, let's get a factory. So we started on 18th street on the other, across the street from where I'm, from where I'm at right now. And so, yeah, it's how, you know, and I'm like, all right, we build shaping rooms, we bring shapers in, we do the glass work and, and we, we were, you know, we were, we were never in the, what is it? The red? We we're always in the black. We never, the black is good. The black is good. Yeah. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, so it, it, it was self-sustaining right off the bat because, you know, we filled the shaping rooms and Mark McConnell was in there for a little while. Yeah. Um, but then we and but then this this guy Sean was a good salesman, so he would he would go after like I'm not a good salesman, but he would go after business actively pursue because he was in sales part time working for another company, so he would go after he got the Nirvana account, he got you know uh, Ben Ipa coming through like he would like he kind of hustled that stuff. So. That's killer. But yeah. in the process, he was networking people exactly. to come over yeah. and shape. And I, I don't think I've ever really been that great at networking, but. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that as this started to happen, then you got all these experienced guys coming through and then I'm just sucking it up like a sponge because yeah. I've only shaped a handful of boards at the time. So, but my, my also what I want to do is learn all the steps of, of how to make a surfboard so that, you know, and that's what I did. It's like, I was in the sanding room. I was in, so I can put a surfboard together early on, even though I hadn't done that many boards, but then going in and working, you know, getting tips from Ben, from Bill Cilia, from all these experienced shapers from different places, Sino, you learn a lot here and there and they were willing to share things with me and templates and stuff. Yeah. And 
you know, incidentally, just because somebody gives you a surfboard template doesn't mean you can use it. You know, there's a <laughs> lot to it. I'm still discovering things about these templates that I got from Ben and Sino and different people, you know, gone down and working in Peru and just different places. So you never stop learning and there's, oh, you know, and you can still make a bad board. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody makes a bad board and we don't really know why you do the same thing. You think, oh, this thing looks good. And you've probably experienced that, right, Jay? You yeah. Know? So like, oh my God, this thing looks good, but it just doesn't work. Weird sometimes. We don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Don't know why. It's, uh, when we say it's craftsmanship and it's a work of art, it, it really is. Yeah. Like when you're talking about learning things from these legends of the surfboard building industry, I I didn't grow up in, in glass, you know, surfboard factories, but I spent a lot of time in them over the years back in the day. And I remember, like, you know, from start to finish, what it takes to make a surfboard. Yeah. And, you know, after you shape a board, there's still so many things that people don't know or realize. Like, after you find sand, the foam, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to router out, well, now, before it was glass-ons, right? Yeah. yeah. But now, you know, the, the routering out the boxes, like... That has to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then there's so many nuances. It has to be. There's so many resin steps. and catalyst and, and how squeegeeing and you know and the temperature of the of the room of and the how room. much catalyst and you know yeah. like yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a you, science. You want to keep the board as light without yeah. squeegeeing out too much. Re- yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, if somebody, I mean, a lot of people know they've seen videos or they've been you know around yeah. it, yeah, but. Yeah. You know, you getting that experience like that early, knowing that that that's valuable, not just to learn the shaping from those, you know, those. Yeah. You those guys didn't really, you didn't really plan that business in your head. You just did no, it. I just, yeah, I just love making surfboards. Yeah. I still do. You don't make a lot of money. The profit margin sucks. You know? Yeah. But it's just, I've learned how, you know, and I've never, the surfboard industry is like this, you know, so one minute you got, you're the flavor of the, you know, at least in my experience, you get you get you get a you go on a ride with some team riders like I've shaped for some guys over the years and stuff. Right now I'm not really shaping for any kids, you know. Really, I mean, but um, you know I got a couple of riders, but yeah, you kind of ride these these things. But yeah, it's interesting these, going back waves. To, going back, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's one thing you know. JC told me one time. He goes, just because you see all my boards everywhere doesn't mean I'm making money. You know. Yeah. And so what I try to do is just be really, you know, my wife's really good with the money too, but and she runs the ship. I just manage the factory and make boards because I don't know how to do that. But it's a good partnership. But, you know, you, you, uh, yeah, you just, you manage your money and you don't, you know, you just got to be, you got to. Disciplined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But going back to boards in the early days, right? So we went from. Glass on fins, full production glass shop, dealing with a bunch of shapers and stuff. And then I got to the point where I'm like, man, this is a lot of work, you know, for doing glass jobs and stuff. And it was, it was gnarly. But used to do 60 to 80 boards a week with glass on fins. And our sanders were animals. Like Joe Wood was one of our sanders. Um, TSO Woods. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. Joe Wood. There's, but Joe Wood, he's, he's, <coughs> he, he, people know who Joe Wood. He's a great sander. Yeah. Good, good guy. He passed away a little bit ago. Um, but he, uh, he, those guys would sand glass on fins. These days, the sanders got it easy, right? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. It was so, an art. 
back then it's still an art form but back yeah. then it was because i mean i remember getting some boards and you know we call it the the, the cancer the board cancer which is around your foot and heel which is around your two yeah. front fins yeah. because they would over sand yeah. you know yep. and exactly uh right. you'd just be like oh man like that was a you know once that cases and cracks it's like there's no repairing that like yeah. you can repair it but it's gonna keep breaking yeah. you remember you ever get that like or i was just a heavy surfer you're heavy, heavy <laughs> didn't happen to me you just go straight you got to turn to <laughs> Sam, you know every step along the way is is important for sure for the finished product right yeah. but your sanders definitely if they have a good lamination good hot coat then they don't have to you know, they don't need to sand it. You know, mm. it's flat and, yeah, it's and a good killer point. and you don't have to take a lot of yeah. um, How about like just air spraying was so popular back then too. I mean, there, you see sprays here and there now, yeah. but like almost there, every board coming through, did you guys have like a spray room too or was... Yeah, so so we, we yeah, we had an airbrush room and, and uh, uh, well, actually, you know what? At that time, Han was so... You know who was spraying my boards back then when I when I'd opened that up and then we got affiliated with the Nirvana was Rick Karen. You remember Rick? Karen? Yeah. yeah, legend. Yeah, Rick Karen. And I think he's still at one of the shops right here. But I recently saw him not too long ago. But Rick was like Rick, a lot. dude. Yeah, dream. dream. Yeah. yeah, he was over at Knox. Yeah, and and uh, so I would take up my boards over there, you know, and 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 Rick would airbrush them, and he'd do hot coat sprays too. That the spray on top of the. On top of the hot coat, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, he did some rad stuff for us. Yeah, he, he had some. So you guys are you got this factory going? You're you're fine tuning your skills. Things are rolling around. Were you still like doing competitive surfing, or is this straight workhorse now? Um, I was. Yeah, you know what? I kind of uh, yeah got away from 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 that for a little bit. Um, just because I started, you know, I started a family, so. My, my going back to Quicksilver and stuff. I had a photo contract. I had uh, contest incentive and stuff, and you know I had li I'll just say limited success. You know here and there, and enjoyed it and stuff. But yeah, I think. And I, but I, at the same time, I wasn't super focused because I was you know partying a lot and stuff. So um, kind of got into this thing, and yeah, I, I, I backed off of surfing competition and all that for years and. What I ended up doing, and I'll, we'll go back to that, but I, I basically um, started up again in my 30s, you know, because I'm like, I've been shaping for kids and going yeah, to the Yeah, it's good marketing. It's like, you know? if I'm going to be down here, I might as well surf the old guy division, yeah. right? Or it was masters. So, yeah, so I started just doing that on a, on a limited basis just for fun. And I, yeah. I enjoy competition. And now we got some more those board, board riders. And, yeah. And... We, you know, Newport Beach, the city has, like you guys have in Huntington, you have your, your annual city, city championship. Yeah. yeah. And dude, the prizes are killer. You're down there with all the kids, all the age groups up yeah. to like, you know, I, I mean, I've been competing against like Giddings and all the guys that are in my age group are guys that, yeah. you know, we grew up serving with. It's yeah, mixing right. business with pleasure. Yeah. Right? It's, exactly like, it. it's good exercise for us old guys. Yeah. So yeah. It keeps and a little pep in your step. And yeah. you're staying in the, in the scene. But in an authentic way, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you're not just trying to sell surfboards. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, but you're living the life that you've lived. Yeah, exactly. you know. So, and people, yeah, dude, it's a business write off. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In marketing, right, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's fun to talk shit on your friends when you beat them, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good times. So, um, uh, back 
going way back. What year? <laughs> Sponsors, your Quicksilver, yeah. your lineup. What was Newport your Newport Surfing Sport? Oh, uh, Rip Curl. Don Craig was, you know, I think Rip Curl was one of my uh, first wetsuit sponsors through Newport Surfing yeah. Sport because you know how the reps work through the stores, yeah. right? And oh yeah, we'll we'll take care of a couple of your riders yeah. type yeah. of thing, and that still goes on today. I think, For sure, right? if you're hooked up, I'm trying to do that right now. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, back at Newport Surfing Sport, they were, and I love Rip Curl wetsuits, yeah. man. I mean, Shane Haran used to come into town and hang out in Newport. Yeah, and yeah. We were just like Shane. That guy could find the barrel at 54th Street on a wave that you're just like, how do you just get barreled on that, yeah. right? Yeah, he was rad. He like looking back in that era too, like it seemed like Victory owned Huntington. Oh, definitely. Alita was pretty popular those too. Those were great wetsuits. Yeah. You know, I got, had a few of those yeah. too. And then, and then when you looked down the beach south, Newport was all rip curl. Yeah. Yeah. You had Preston yeah. wearing them. Uh-huh. DK, t- DK had Red, the custom ones. Remember those custom yeah. ones? He had the pen, he had a penguin one, he had a, or a tuxedo yeah. looking suit. Yeah. See yeah. that? As a kid, that leaves a, a, a big impression on you, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, and, and not to mention, I remember one time walking up 54th Street and Preston, you know, Stokes gives, gives you a sticker. You're a kid. He goes, here, here's a sticker, you know, and you're, sticker? Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. that kind of stuff. I know, stoking. I try and stoke the grounds too. You know, when I come in the shop to order boards and stuff, give them a sticker. You just don't yeah. even know how stoked they are. Yeah, sure. Re- Victory was. You know, you could order custom suits out of Robert August. You know, and they had the color book. You know, of all the all the so fabrics and fun. stuff. And and I feel and, like they're kind of the first dudes to really push blind stitch. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they were the first ones. That was the best. Yeah, that's the only way you do. Wear suit. Yeah, Eddie Flores me. used to wear them, I think, and then there was this other goofy foot guy. And I, ha- I, dude, I got pictures of me with my victory. I had a yellow body victory with <laughs> red sleeves. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, but but, but I wasn't sponsored by Victory. I think it was right before I, I wore those. Right before I actually got sponsored by Rip Curl. Yeah. You know, I yeah. So. I I remember ordering because you're trying to like save money because you couldn't get a lot of suits. You had a full suit, and then my summer was a short a short um, short John. And a wetsuit top that you'd overlay yeah. the long sleeve wetsuit <laughs> yeah. top. It give you a little In extra victory? warmth. Yeah, yeah, victory. Remember O'Neill yeah. was making those um, three, two, one. No, I forget what the they call it. Gothard used to wear. The, yeah, those are hideous. Sleeve. That was weird. <laughs> no, like the the layers, the yeah, layers. layers. That's what he called it. Yeah, okay. remember that? Like you know, I I I'd have to. It kind of vaguely remember. But yeah. If I saw a picture, I go, oh yeah, I remember yeah. That. Um, so when you're Starting to be a good surfer, being sponsored. What what was your first like major surf trip? It was I was okay. So, dude, you know, remember when that performers Quicksilver did the yeah. performers, and I remember being a grom at Newport Surf and Sport, and they got all the team together, and Bob McKnight came in and they did a little speech, and like, oh yeah, this is the new performers video. Pop that thing in, and we're watching it, just drooling. Yeah, like, pumping Hawaii like. Mickey, I think Mickey Marvin, I forget who it was, Wes Lane, you know, yeah, all the, Kong, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one, that made a huge impression on me, so we, uh, so uh, Bobby, Bobby and Paul Gomez, their dad had a place on the east side of Oahu. You're kidding. Um, no, no, near Kaneo, so it was Kailua, right? Kailua yep. was on the east side, yeah. yeah. Kailua, Kaneo. So I went over there with John Hume, Bobby, Paul, my girlfriend at the time, and, um, is it John Hume? Yeah, and it was... I can't. I don't think my brother Dave was there. Had a great trip. So, but we drive from Kailua up 
the east side to the north shore and it was it was spring break so it was late in the season april but yeah north swell first introduction to good size surf with lonnie's and i remember crying for my mom when i was getting caught inside so <laughs> i was did I you pack boards six, yeah we brought boards over yeah and uh, like a quiver or like uh um well a short board step up yeah well you know so it was late season so we didn't think we were going to be served you know like oh late season will be a good introduction to hawaii and i can't remember uh, but this is after like watching 80... performers right yeah so you, you had hawaii. like performers in your head yeah i'm gonna go to hawaii and you know and i mean you know even to this day i mean i my my scared comfort level in hawaii is eight to ten foot i've never done waimea Big sunset. You know, I've, I've done big, you know, eight to ten foot sunset. That's as big as I want to serve. I don't care to go past it. But yeah. anyways, on this trip, it was a North Swell. And so we surfed Lonnie's. And Lonnie's was, was I'd call it, I'd call it Hawaiian six to eight. And I was, I was pretty scared. I didn't see waves that big. You don't see waves that big. And you're over like half a mile out of the Hawaiian yeah. is like the biggest you'll ever see it's your home break, here. at least if you're not surfing blacks or it's know, 20 foot here exactly yeah. right yeah. dude yeah and i was just and i was fall i was watching the what the hawaiians were doing when I, there was this hawaiian guy in front of me i'll never forget and he we made it barely over the first wave of the set and it was just cresting and then we got and i opened my eyes this next one's breaking top to bottom and i see the hawaiian guy let go of his board and i'm like okay i'm not hanging on to this but what made me relax was when i went underwater i opened my eyes and i could see all the bubbles and stuff and i was like and i made it through i'm like okay so what you see up on top you know you just got to learn to relax and so that was an eye-opener for me but after that then i was like oh i want to go to hawaii every year and you know so and I was riding for Quicksilver at the time, and you know, it was like Elkerton, you, you gotta go over to Hawaii and prove yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always been, it always will be the proving ground. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. being part of the Quicksilver team opened doors for you guys. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you got a little bit, you might Abbott not. And Chappie would come over, yeah. and you'd see him surfing 54th, you know, you name it, Conk. I mean, Quicksilver's had legendary yeah. parties, right? And we, yeah, I mean, between, model, we do we do fashion well, shows, and we used to do those fashion shows yeah. and stuff. Yeah, we're in the mecca of like, you know, surf culture. Yeah, and everybody comes, and whether yeah. it's shapers coming over to shape and bays over here to yeah. like sling some boards, or yeah. pro surfers coming over here as like to surf contests or pit stop. Like, I heard you know, Wave Tools was the spot like like dang yeah. for a yeah. long time yeah you know, you know quicksilver wave tools. Quicksilver. shane would come in and yeah. out of there and then we had shane was riding for mccoy and jeff mccoy would come over and shape with pouchy i never got any boards off of jeff but you know he'd tune pouchy in and pouchy made me some good tri-fins and like single fins i when shane was riding that kill wing keel i still have a couple of wing keels and i i, I pop that in a single fin and ride it it's fun and you That's know who funny. used to ride those was Lloyd Tice. No way. We were we were always like Shane Starr. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kurt, like Kurt, Kurt Lloyd. Lloyd yeah, was blonde hair, right? Yeah. No, Lloyd was yeah. super into like dude. Those guys ripped. Starfin. Yeah. yeah. And Kurt, Kurt, uh, Kurt, Kirk, Kirk still Kurt. ribs. He's yeah. up in Oregon or something. Yeah. 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 I see him. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Those His guys ripping. Yeah. And his mom went, ran the WSA for a while too. Yeah. Like they were super embedded in yeah. HB. So. um you're the West Coast town and country licensee. Licensee. Yeah. And it's how did that come know. about? Uh, so um, okay, so the story behind that. Jade Howe, who 
was with HIC in the early 90s when HIC was blown up. He's a t-shirt uh, clothing designer and he's worked for Gotcha, other, you know, Quicksilver. Yeah. He's worked for a lot of different people. Really good clothing designer. Um, he was, he ended his stint with HIC and then somehow got involved with Town & Country and Town & Country set up a little place in Costa Mesa off of Superior. They had like a little warehouse and had they were going to establish whatever like you know their clothing distribution or something yeah. yeah and so i just and i i've known jade for years and i'm like jade i, I go dude town and countries you're working town and country i go hey if they need any boards produced over here and they want to ship them whatever we can do them out of my factory and so that's how yeah because it's so expensive to ship like yeah. back and forth yeah you know, you know so. or just if they want any te- you know anything done yeah so at the outset you know we had a good solid team from up and down the coast and i was doing you know boards for guys up and down the coast um some of the guys that were riding the boards at the time here um well i think bobby martinez was a team rider and i think i might have made him a board or two but um braun houston stem was right oh yeah i remember braun he still gets boards off me and then he left us and went to uh channel islands but then came back and got boards off me he said he was stoked on my board, so he was like, I'll just buy your boards. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Nate Tyler rode for us for a little while. No way. Brad. Yeah, Nate. And um, it's funny because, yeah, well, anyway, so we have was some good, right, um, good riders. When, because uh, D-Ball rode for Town and & Country, and yeah. so did... Uh, Richie. Richie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. During yeah. That, was, that was before me. Okay. I was, but I remember, I will leave, I want to say that, uh, I think, I know I... I thought I either shaped Diva or glassed him aboard. I remember um, I did a board for him, but yeah, he he was Hanson was sh- Hanson was shaping for TNC at the time, and and um, Richie was next door to me, and Gordon I think his name's Gordon Hanson. He was shaping for Town and Country, and I think Diva got some boards off of him. Yeah, he was yeah. Those guys were Town and Country, but that was probably <clears throat> me at the time when that was going on. I was a spider was big you know right yeah. Yeah, towards the mid i was doing a lot of glassing for spider at that time but um so going going back a little bit so i decided i didn't want to have four shaping rooms right i was like over it a couple years of just glassing and, and i was just like you know what i want to focus i want to make it smaller and focus more on my own boards instead of trying to run a four shaping room and you know manage a glassing factory um i just didn't think it was worth it so yeah. so we shut that down, moved across the street, and then built a smaller factory. And that's where I'm at today. But that from there, focusing on just my own stuff. And I was still uh, briefly with Nirvana. And then um, that went away. And then I was just starting. And then I decided I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of glassing. So Spider was blowing up. Remember when Dennis yeah. was blowing up? Yeah, he had the momentum generation. We used to glass like 40 or 50 a week for Dennis for a few years. And then that kind of went away. And then, and then the town and country, you know, you, at some point you got to do stuff to keep it going. So totally, you, and I wasn't, I don't think I'm the greatest marketing, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just not a networker or whatever. I just kind of keep to myself, but you know, I know over the years of being associated with the industry. So yeah. you just kind of put feelers out yeah. there. So I just hit Jada. It's, it's a bummer but, because you, you can't sit still and l- rest on your laurels. Yeah. Never. You know, yeah. you have to like. Even though things are going well, mm-hmm. could be the best. Yeah. You always have to like prepare for the worst. But you got a great running business. You were never over ambitious. Where you had to, you know, da- you know, yeah. downgrade. You moved once, but like 
you you could just throw out fillers and people know who you are, respect you, you're yeah. putting out great work and you just if things got slow, I'm sure you could make a couple calls and pick up another 20, 30 boards that yeah. week or yeah. that month or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know? That's exactly it, dude. I never overextended myself and you know, I'm sure you get in a comfort zone, but then you're like, okay, this is I can see this is coming to an end and let's let's say anything in life, it's yeah. all about like this. You got to ride the peaks and valleys and you got to be smart in between. So yeah. So it was like, I was always, I was like, okay, well, this thing with spider looks like it's not, you know, it's kind of it's waning or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, oh, wow, you know, TNC's setting up in town and Jade Howe's working with them. I'm going to go talk to Jade. Yeah. You know? So then that's where that ride started. And and then that kind of fizzled. They, they closed down their little Costa Mesa thing, but I've always got along. Craig and Linda, they're awesome. I've always got along with them. And we always, even like... For a while there, after it kind of that waned a little bit, I was still making. We were on a verbal. I wasn't even on a contract with them. I just send them royalty fees, and 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 you know, and then, you know, things started to ramp up again with like this, uh, the '80s airbrushes, and them celebrating their 50th year, and then all of a sudden we start getting Cranking a little busier, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, you're doing." Yeah, we're starting to ramp up. So then we signed another three-year contract. But there was a while there where it was, we were just in cruise mode and it was yeah. just like on a verbal. Yeah. Right? yeah. But then we just recently signed a, a three-year licensee. And it's just a per-board uh, royalty fee yeah. that they get. And, yeah. Um, Did you experience an uptick with uh, not only their anniversary, but just the whole COVID thing? Well, dude, we were, those are some of the three, what is it, almost three busiest years we've had in a <laughs> long time. Yeah. yeah. If you're a surfer, you can't go snowboarding. You can't go see gig. Right? Yeah. You can't. You can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. But the it's beach the is open. Storm. Remember yeah. when they tried to close the beach? Yeah. Down so here they weren't yeah. having that. That yeah. was like really. That was Come crazy. on, you're not gonna let us go out. The life, poor lifeguards. They were just like, this yeah, is the they're... worst day of our lives. Oh, like dude. having to tell people to, you know, hey, you got to get out. Like, yeah. dude, this we don't want to. We understand, but like, yeah. we're, the, our bosses, the sheriffs on. You know, like it was just. Down command. That only lasted for like a week or two. It, it was right? very slow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we, we got really lucky. L.A. Even down south, they got ratted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got. So when you're sh you're shaping like you know and and you're getting a name for yourself like, what you know I look at people's you know we're always window shopping you know like people in, in the shop or online yeah. and you got all these like different models like yeah. you know what does it take to you know, expand? Is it just somebody asking for a custom model? You, you, you're looking for, you know, a gravel board to a California beach brick board to a step up to a fun, you know, you start adding on to your yeah. portfolio. Well, well, I'll tell you a lot of that's based on feedback from different team writers. You yeah. Know, just working like a couple of guys that ride my boards like to get real experimental. Like this one kid, he's not even, he's a good surfer, but you wouldn't know who he was. But I mean, he surfs 56 3D charges. He goes to Indo and stuff. He was surfing a lot with Ryan Birch, and so he came back from an Indo trip, and he's like, "Hey, Mike, check these things out, you know?" Yeah. And and he goes, "I wanna I wanna tweak them a little bit." So that point, I'm like, "Sure, dude, I can get this out of that blank. I'll pick up the planer." So I hand shaped him some ASEMs, and so we and I've never done any ASEMs. The only ASEMs right. I've ever seen were Lance's uh, uh, sailboards. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, ASEMs, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. If that's what's happening right now. I can make you some ASEMs. Yeah. Well, but I think what Ryan Birch is doing is pretty cool. You know, he's got his little theories and stuff. But um, huh. as far as models go, 
it's based on you know someone coming in going hey I like this board but I want to tweak this and that and yeah. so it's really it's it's team I think it's team writer driven yeah. of course you can look out there and see what's going on like okay I'm going to do a fun shape model just to cover that gap but you also got to cover like yeah. the novice kind of beginner guy the intermediate or the weekend or you know people yeah. that are obviously physically a lot different than the ripper you know yeah. you want to you want to yeah. highlight and showcase yeah. Hey, my, you know, you could rip, you know, first class on the boards, but you also got to cover like yeah. the meat and potato guy. And, and so for an example, like one of my models, I call it a bandito. It's one of my most popular models. It's, so it's like a performance shortboard with just a little more width. And, you know, people are putting more volume in their boards and everything. But that was based off of feedback from someone who brought in a board and they're like, you know what? Mike, can you make me something like this? But and it was, you know, Channel Islands was doing the, not the neck beard, was it? The dumpster diver. Uh -huh. yeah. Remember that model? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, he, he, he goes, yeah, this board's kind of cool, but I want to tweak it, this and that. And so we made some tweaks to it. So the first thing I did is I widened the outline, but I put a diamond tail on it. I like diamond tails. But anyway, so yeah. that was based off of somebody, a good surfer from Newport. I want this, but a little shorter yeah. and a little wider. A little thicker. Eric, Va Eric Valley. Do you know who Eric Valley? Yeah, I've heard yeah. of his name. Yeah. So. That's where that inspiration came from. But it's always, what's really cool is, you know, if you look at shortboards, performance shortboards, whatever, there, there's a lot of similar characteristics, but there's so many different ways you can tweak it, right? Yeah. So, and that usually comes from feedback from guys that can surf. Yeah. Know? And then I can surf still, so I can yeah. understand the feedback and then I can take it out and write. And if I think at my point where I'm at at 57 years old, if I can... If I can feel like this board feels loose, fast, I need to feel good. Then you put it under like whatever Chris Waring's feet or yeah. somebody who's you know better. Well, I mean, ripping. You know what I mean? It's just like I mean, you look yeah. at the '80s. They were really like high, like the performance thruster. You know, there was really kind of like one basic model that everybody yeah. kind of spun off. And then the '90s, it started variating. You know, a little bit yeah. more. And then the 2000s. Now you're you're starting to get those. You know, little short wides, and you're getting the, you know, like just it's almost reverting back to some of the old school designs of well, the thick and in, in a way for sure. Like you know, um, but yeah, I mean, there's just you know so many fun boards, you know, yeah, and like and if I, it's under head high, well, is it under yeah. head high and hollow and, and steep, or is it under head high yeah. and kind of fat and mushy? Plus all the you know, the the FCS and futures. Changing, I, I love that. I love it too. Yeah, gosh, I have so many fins, and you can just put change the way. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, you know, it's epic. But it's so you can really dial yourself in. Yeah, because they have it, you know, across the spectrum of yeah. what type of surfing that you do and what works best for that type of surfing. You know, back in I heard stories. Uh, there, you remember. I think his name was Terry Richardson. He was yeah. an Australian pro, really yeah. good surfer. Yeah. I loved his style. I heard stories, of he, and he was a shaper too, Richo. And he would grind, if he didn't like the way the board fell, he'd literally grind the fins off the board and reset them and reposition them. And all That's that. so crazy. Yeah. With boxes, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to reposition the fin, per yeah. se, but you can definitely change the yeah. board by putting a different set of fins in. Yeah. You don't have to remake the board or whatever. So... Yeah. <clears throat> Estrada surfboards, town and country surfboards, you know, with, and we talked about Spider. It's like that era of, of board selling to different shops, wholesaling across the country. 
It's different. Dude. It right? was massive. Oh, dude. So where do you sell your boards? Factory direct. <coughs> factory direct. And then I have, so I, I have, a, I have a, an account in Israel that I, 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 most of my business is word of mouth and it's custom orders. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always say for the smaller surfboard company, you know, when Burton bought Channel Islands and then it, it changed it for smaller guys because now it's like they were stuffing the stores with boards on consignment. Yep. And dude, when I when I first started and I was with Nirvana, go to Jack's, 10 pack of boards, they pay me cash on the spot. Boom. You yep. know what I mean? It was, you know, obviously times have changed, but... But these days, it's harder to work with stores because they want you to, you know, you got to finance, finance yeah, it. They, they open honestly, Pandora's box and, you know, th I, those terms are way better. <laughs> I, yeah, but in, in, on the flip side, you know, you're selling direct to where you're getting more margin, probably doing yeah. less volume, but more margin, more control, yeah. you know, customizing yeah. where you're just not putting a board and hope somebody's going to fit somebody. You're yeah. customizing. Every board is yeah. the right board yeah. going out. Yeah, that's it. And, and uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing better than making a custom order for somebody and they're yeah. stoked, they come pick it up, whatever. But, you know, it's interesting about social media. That's also been a, a, a good drive. When people come in and order boards... You didn't have to put ad. You didn't have to drop two grand for an ad yeah. in the magazine. Yeah. Now you're just... Back in the day, yeah. did the surfboard, you know, we didn't do any full page ads. I'd be do the surfboard design form or whatever. And, and you'd spend a, you know, whatever seven eight hundred bucks for 30 days or whatever however yeah. long mag was out and you might get you know i always like when i uh you know post a picture or feature a board that looked different that's when you got the most phone calls you know mm. if it's just a standard short board, board. one of 20 yeah, yeah, you know, exactly right so had to be but killer what's cool about you know social media is like when people order boards they're referencing photos they're following they're watching what you're doing you know yeah are i don't you know i don't particularly care for social media but instagram and my business is visual so it's like eye candy and so people are reforming if they're not pulling pictures from my thing that yeah. my site they're pulling pictures from there and go can you do something like this and that and that's what's what's killer too is because you said there's so many good shapers out there and whatever and you're like somebody brings you something from another shaper and like hey i really like this they want to give you the business and you put your spin and tweak on yeah. and and make it your way yeah. it's a win-win for everybody and and having those going back to the models like you know when i was in the 90s it's like yeah I had 10 boards in the garage or 20 boards they're pretty much all identical yeah. you know like outside of maybe a couple inches in length yeah. or now if yeah. i go in and i got 20 boards in my garage i got like three fishes i got four little like short wides i have a couple short boards a step you know step it's like this variety pack yeah. Yeah. to where it's like you're you're going out and monitoring the waves and you're bringing two or three but totally different not, boards you're not a pro surfer anymore definitely not <laughs> but uh, that you know but you're still and then, ripping but yeah. all all of our oh he's ripping all of oh, our yeah. boy, all of our friends you know that whatever caliber you're at you're you're kind of have the same mindset and you're having yeah. the same type of quiver like you go to your garage and it's you know a bunch it's of a couple boards <laughs> it's a couple boards but they're you know you have your performance short board and you have yeah. your your fish and you have your fun board well, yeah and that's what's made sh uh, shaping boards making surfboards fun I don't shape the same thing every day. Right? Back yeah. when I first started, dude, all we were doing was squash tail trifles. You're pumping out yeah. like boom. boom everybody's boom. right, you know, 
For the most part, everybody's yeah. riding the same thing, just maybe a little bit different dimensions, but it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, six one, eighteen and a half, yeah. two and a quarter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, six one, eighteen and three eighths, two yeah. and three sixteenths. Uh, like, we right? used to do a lot of boards for Japan. That's how they'd get cut off the machine in twos and my, you know, just just very little variation from you know, you do 10, 20, 30, yeah. all the same. Well, when we worked at HSS, you know, I did all the buying, and it'd, it'd literally be like, for say it's Channel Islands, you would order, if you ordered 24 boards, you would order 20 6 twos, a 6 6, a 6 4, and a 6 0, and a 6 1. Yeah, it was like very specific yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, 6 2. But right? I mean, I, I mean, you got to have the tools to go have fun, you know, and at our age or anybody's age, like you want to go have fun. You want to catch waves. You want to go fast, you know, and what kind of board, what kind of phone, you know, what, what, what do you need to, to, to get, make that happen? You know? So having, I think now like, you know, the quiver, you know, keeps these guys in business, yeah. you know, like yeah. having that variety, having, and there's no shame on having like a fun guy board or having a fish. And if you don't have one, go try one because you're going to have a freaking blast. Exactly. So yeah. diversified quiver. Um, not to pick on Newport. Yep. But <laughs> pick on Newport. Why has there not been another second coming of Richie Collins? Isn't it weird? Yeah. Oh, as far as like an athlete, like a, like a, a new professional, professional. That's yeah. like, I you know, I think you know when you talk about drive and motivation. I mean, obviously, let's let's face it. You know, the pro. Tour things gnarly, right? And, yeah, so gnarly. You know, you, you, there's a lot of there's a lot of talented kids, you know, and I think there's a lot of distractions too. But that could be said of you know Huntington yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a good question. And uh, you know, honestly, I still love to you know, like I, I love to go to Hawaii, love to go to Bali. You know, I love to travel. Um, but. Would I like to travel and surf on a tour? I don't, I don't think I personally yeah. wouldn't. And you know, I started a family early, and I don't think I. You know, I did a you know, PSAA's here and there. Never didn't, just wasn't focused. Wasn't didn't, never did that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But enjoyed doing it, and and uh, but yeah, that, that's a good Is question. It? I think it's not just Newport, even though I know you like to you know just bring that up because he's from he's there. From and, but <laughs> I think it's just it's across the board, you know, like, why isn't there that many? And I think it has to be the, how expensive the, the youth competitive scene is, how lackluster sponsorship is, how there's no pro-am series to really kind of help elevate and bridge those gaps. I mean, there's phenomenal surfers everywhere, but, the, the, yeah. but the motivation, the, you know, not everybody has parents with deep pockets, although there are a lot of surfers that have coaches and staff and, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, chef. there are, a lot of up and coming talent that's I've witnessed the yeah. past couple of years yeah. from noobs. Even like that, yeah, that's that's what I like about the West Coast Board Riders too, right? Yeah. You get to see the younger, familiarize yourself with those guys. And I've over the years I've made boards for some of the young kids as they you know are up and coming and stuff. And truth be told, the percentage that are actually going to make it, you put a lot of time and energy into. Um, making boards for people and I particularly don't chase that avenue you know um, I enjoy making boards for those guys but 
Yeah. There's just a lot that goes into it. And yeah. I'm, I'm getting older. It's like, I just want to make custom orders for people who want my boards. And, yeah. And, you know, I don't care if I make a board for a Grom and I see that Grom on another board. It's just the way it's always been. You yeah. Know? It's like, um, but to the answer to your question, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the, the, there, there could be a couple factors there. Yeah. But I just think about be honest with you, I wouldn't wish the pro tour on anybody. I mean, it'd be fun to travel the world and surf, to be on the dream tour, right? Yeah, yeah. But the, th what they have to go through yeah. to get there, that takes a lot of determination, motivation, money, and yeah. there's a lot of Support good surfers system. everywhere. Yeah. Now. It's not, yeah. you know, back in the day, it was what, Australia, you know, you had a few from Brazil, you had a few from Peru, you know, but now there's just an explosion everywhere. Explosion. And like look at Portugal. Portugal yeah. and yeah. Dude. France. Like there's I mean there's so much I mean Tahiti, French Polynesia, Indo, you know, know like yeah. Hawaii. You know, I mean Brazil's dominating. I enjoy watching Hawaii. I yeah. enjoy watching the, the tour con not every location, you know, let's yeah. face it, pipe, chopes for sure, but um, but you know, then you got Jeffrey's Bay, but it's it's good to see I like to see who the new surfers are. Like Ethan Ewing is one of my favorite surfers. It's crazy that good. That guy's yeah. so, you know. And, you know, I like Jack Robinson as well. I love his tube writing skills. And, um, but yeah, I, I Ethan Ewing. And, yeah. and then that uh, that one kid from Portugal that just made it. Scott, he's solid. Uh, Portugal. Yeah, I think he's from, he's a Portuguese surfer. I think he just made the tour, right? He, no, no. Uh, not Portugal. Uh, what's the other country? Uh I'm, getting, I'm drawing a blank. But, uh, is he regular foot or goofy? No, he's, he's a goofy foot. I'm so drawing a blank. No, right dude, now. it's it's because uh, this whole year and, and, the, and the half cut and off you, and who's on and who's not. The uh, the World Juniors, Encinitas. Dude, I saw clips of fuck. Those guys were ripping. The waves were insane. Yeah. Right. Well, so Joe Vasco's daughter. I was just gonna say, yeah, shout no. out to Joe Vasco. Yeah, yeah, Joe. I've, I've made a couple boards. For, yeah, Francesca or Fran yeah. Francisca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was yeah, fucking was pretty, charging. Yeah, it was, they were ripping. I was stoked um, to see her like win the whole thing, but the other girls, holy shit! Like Alyssa Spencer. Uh, girls, dude, they're ripping. Kira Pinkerton was yeah. ripping. Yeah, like I, I used to surf with her dad, Jim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic. And it's just, but that Ramsey, kid, the one? Yes. Oh, Ramsey. Ramsey. He's from Bukai, Morocco. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Morocco. Oh, man. I love the way he, he surfs. He kills Yeah. Them. Dude, they got some Solid. waves down there. Yeah. But uh, that Jarvis Earl. Yeah. The dude that won. I've never even. I've never even. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. But there's two waves that I'll never forget in my life of That him. he wrote? Yeah. Oh, good. I, I don't think I've like, seen Like, holy it was so, like, Aki-esque, yeah. what he did. Oh, really? In in the semi, and then the final was good, but the semi is where you were just like, holy shit, that was fucking insane. Yeah. What What is, like, the juniors? Is it under 18 under or 20? 20. Under 20. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. A lot of good surfing. Yeah. A lot of good surfing. Poor Alyssa Spencer. Did you hear what happened to her? No. She was in the semis, winning the heat, 12 minutes left. Paddled back out, fucking wave exploded her, and the board smashed her in the face. Oh, she no. couldn't paddle back out. Oh, she's bleeding. Yeah. Not really. So she lost the heat. Yeah, like a lot, a lot of that swell had a lot of power, man. Even dude, it got into Newport, dude. If it gets into Newport, yeah, come yeah. on. Everywhere else is punched. Right? Yeah, I mean, we 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 were seeing some solid. 
you know, 10, 10 foot faces probably. Yeah. yeah. Bigger on the set. Yeah. Got cleaned up a couple times at 28. So, so rad. The way I look at it, if that's what's happening right at our beach. Which Everywhere else. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. pumping. Yeah, but, that was crazy. Yeah, was so, we, so we brought up West Coast Board Riders and you're a big part of the Newport yeah, the, chapter. The old guys, 50 yeah, guys, 50 and over. I think I'm getting ready to retire though. No. The guys coming in underneath me. No. Um, no, you yeah, hold your fun. spot, It's dude. fun. It's fun, right? You guys, yeah, you rip. So you, you, you got a solid. You, you got a solid few more years for sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang on as long as I can. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you on. are. Yeah, stretch, you guys keep selling boards, dude. Body callus. Yeah, you gotta yeah. show these people no, I, I, what, I, I, how how good they work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to get in the 50s. 40s is gnarly. <laughs> I'm phasing out. Got, yeah. You, <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about. This guy comes into his 50s, and I mean, dude, I love getting older as a surfer because of the experience that you get along the way right yeah the travel right everything and then when you get conditions at your home break you're yeah. ready for it right yeah the camaraderie so, the, the yeah, you know the yeah. networking of like not seeing you know people people used to compete with when you were in yeah. you know the nssa explorer you're probably competing with or see them now yeah. at the events from santa cruz yeah. to san diego to la and and then you get to see you know you the get next to generation. See all the generation. Yeah. 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 There's some so ripping fun. kids in Newport. Yeah, yeah, we got some David O'Keefe. Yeah, David O'Keefe's ripping. Taj Miller. Instagram. Dude, those yeah, guys. Taj Miller. Instagram, yeah. he's like on the he's he's winning a um qualifying. Yeah, that's a challenger or something, right? Yeah. He's a, for his region or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, on any given day you paddle out and you see, you know, getting younger, you know, nephews and stuff. So, yeah, yeah so cool. Good surfers. Any uh, any travels in the books? Like, I usually go to um, like coming up. Yeah, yeah just like you know, like, like this year. So southern, I go down to southern Mexico. You know, down yeah. south. I have a friend that lives in a little town down there, and he runs a little thing. So I, I go down. I go down there. Cool. Uh, annually, I missed it this last year, but usually I'm down there surfing those sand points. Yeah. So Summertime. South of uh, yeah. Yeah, just, we know. Yeah, yeah down there. Barra, just south yeah. of Barra, and yeah. all all down in that area, and then. Uh, was in Hawaii. I got five days at Lonnie's. I actually got to surf. Richie lives over there now. So, um, and I rode my first twin fin in Hawaii in good size waves. Was it step up board? Like yeah, a, it was low... a six nine twin that Richie shaped. Wow. I didn't. I, I only had a six four quad, you know, over there, and and Lonnie's was six to eight feet. Wow. Proper. And uh, I thought, you know what, the six four is a little, little yes, yeah, you're under gun. You know, so then uh, Richie lets me borrow a six nine because we, you know, we're both kind of tall and skinny and ride the same dimensions. I'm like, oh, this thing will work. It was funny though because guys were like, going, they were tripping. They're like, wait, Richie, I just saw you go backside, no, and then you go frontside, and then and then we got out of the water. And like, oh yeah, they're both riding the same. You know, he has the same airbrush on his boards, but it was it was cool to to to. I like trying different boards and stuff, yeah. and just and I've been making a lot of twin fins lately. But it's inspired me to make some step up twins because they work good, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So if, if people want to get boards from Estrats, what where do they go? How do they get there? EstratasurfBoards.com. I mean Estrada Surfboard Design on Instagram. Um, yeah. 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 You type it. Type in Estrats. You know, on Google. Yeah. Come up. So you mentioned the step up twenty. You mentioned the Bandito. What other like models are are top performing models? I have a super sport model, which is just kind of like a high performance shortboard. Yeah. I don't necessarily, I don't come out with new models as I take my popular models and I'll just tweak them for the times, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for so, sure. So if it's like the Bandito I've had, I, I, 
I don't know how many years I've had it, but I've made subtle tweaks to the rocker and all that stuff and the, the width. And like you said, you're always learning and improving. Exactly. And, yeah. Always something to learn. And, you know, so yeah. So, so cool. if it's a popular model, people like it. They, and they even come back and ask, are you still doing that model? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I did. And I, I've made a couple tweaks. This is what I've done. And yeah. So, so, but yeah. And so I have a stub model. So try and, you know, rocket fish, just different things to try and, cater to you know what, what everybody wants yeah i mean you got to have your like solid lineup that's your go-to and yeah. then whenever trends yeah. change and and yeah you know kind of yeah and then I mean, and then i do a lot of you know some guys will just be really particular like i do boards for this one older guy that's been surfing newport for years and he'll he's a woodworker so he'll he'll make his rocker template he'll make his outline template and then i'll hand shape it and um, Rad. comes out with some pretty schools. And then Peter Schroff will airbrush it. He's a <laughs> good friend of Peter's. So yeah, just stuff like that. But um, one, one thing I was going to say that I didn't say early on is one of the earlier boards that, that we did have was a, a five, my brother had a 5'4 Schroff twin. And Schroff used to put a bunch of V yeah. in, in the, off the tail of his boards. That little thing worked good. But I recently went and got a board from Schroff just because I wanted him to shape me. You know, I like to get boards. Yeah. yeah. Lance, when Lance, Lance went, uh, you know, moved to Tennessee for a while, then he came back into town. And I'm like, these guys are getting older. I should go grab board off these yeah. guys. Because they used to make my board. You know, I used to have them when I was younger. So Lance made me a board. Works really good. And I like to compare it to what I'm making and stuff. Yeah. But um, it's good to, to try that stuff too, you know. Yeah. For sure. So cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know. Paying respect Progression to the... and design innovation, it, it happens, but then you look back at where it came from and sometimes like, well, you can accomplish the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's better. The old, the old way was better, you know, like, yeah, it's cool. It's rad that, uh, that, um, Shroff got that, uh, chance to kind of pop back on the, on the super creative. Yeah. Guy does amazing art. He's, he's like a genius. Yeah, yeah. When we we went to his house to interview him, and it was yeah, bro, it was mind blowing. I know it was yeah. epic. It's a trip. It was really cool. I'm yeah. stoked we got to go there for sure. See see everything he's about. Yeah, I got it. I actually his I went up there. I ordered my board, and I I I you know I videoed him doing a little shaping on it and stuff. Took some pictures, but you know that sort of stuff is gonna you know gonna be here yeah right? yeah same with lance i got him making a board so you never know you know when where they're gonna be or where they're gonna go yeah so, kind of cool a little piece of history definitely yeah well shoot this is yeah. awesome yeah. yeah thanks for sitting yeah. down with yeah. us yeah. man yeah, i'm stoked thanks for having super me. fun yeah enjoyed it yeah and listeners check out his website go order a board support your local shaper and we should do one quick shout out to the sponsors thank you to shade sunscreen Bonsai Bowl, Just Live CBD, uh, Ashland Seltzer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're sponsored now, bro. Again. Yeah. Stoked. And we'll get you some shoots. Some shoots beer. Shoots beer. Oh, Japanese nice. lager. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'll have it along with my sushi. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks for sitting down with us. Mike yeah, Estrada. Estrada Surfboards. Peace. Burn out. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food 
everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.